Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show on money, how it works how to invest it, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein. Today is episode 174. It's titled, Navigating Modern Life Like the Amish. I recently finished up a marketing seminar with Seth Godin. And when he looks at something new, a website or a company, he asks some basic questions that I've been somewhat obsessed with. What is it for? Who is it for? He talked about psychographics in terms of what does the person believe? Who do they trust? Who do they look up to? What are they hungry for? What are they afraid of? And what do they yearn for? These are questions where you, in terms of a target customer, and I, I've thought about these at length with, with my business, Money for the Rest of Us. Now, what change Am I promising? How am I positioned? And so when Lapro and I went to Amish country this past weekend, specifically to Millersburg and to a lovely town with just the best name ever, Charm, Ohio, small Amish community. In Charm, Ohio, they have a school. And like many schools built in the beginning of the 20th century, or might, might have been a little later, later they, they put in engraved on the cement the name of the school. And, and here they put Charm School. So in Charm, Ohio, this is within Holmes County. Holmes County has about thirty to 40,000 Amish. The Amish were a breakoff of the traditional Christian fellowship, the Swiss Anabaptist. And the specific Amish that came to America, there's a schism, they left the Swiss, and it was led in 1693 by Jacob Amon. This is from Wikipedia, I'm assuming it's correct. And they followed him and became known as Amish. Now, there's now in the U.S., there's many different parishes of Amish, and so they're not exactly the same. They have different sort of, mainly, a main distinction is how much modern technology have they adopted. So Lepro and I went to a store, through a grocery store in Charm, Ohio. We went through and then down the steps to the Charm Fabric and Clothing Store. And as I entered the store, I'm thinking, who's it for? And and what is it about? Later, I got a business card from the proprietors. Their names, when I asked them, he said his name was Steve, and he wrote it down on his card, Steve and Susan. No last name. Just the the Amish prefer not to draw attention to themselves. 
And so they don't want to be photographed, and they typically, they don't share their last names. And if you read about, there's an article in the New York Times that I'll reference about their embrace uh, of modern life, and, and nobody has their last name in the article. But on the business card for Charm Fabric and Clothing, the store, it says, a complete Amish clothing and fabric store. Who's it for? It's for the Amish. And they have fabric, clothing, patterns, books, coverings, and hats. Steve and Susan are clothes designers. People come from as far away as Indiana to meet up with Susan to get a custom-made dress, and then they get a pattern. Typically, the dress is made out of polyester, plain colored or, or solid color. Steve sells his clothing designs all across the country to Amish community. He can name every Amish community in the U.S., including eight Amish families that live in Salmon, Idaho. Their clothes company is called Plain Community Clothing because the Amish, by belief, wear what they call plain clothing. And what is it? It's modest, plain dress, and it, it's simple. And it's that way to reduce the choices. It simplifies life. It sets them apart from the world, so it's not worldly. It discourages envy and other emotions. And it, it identifies themselves as the Amish, because it's very plain. Now, I got this from a website called Amish America. It's by Eric Wesner. So as LaPrell's talking to Steve and looking around the store, I go to the display room where plain community clothing, the, the men's clothes are, because I'm, I'm curious where, where the clothes come from, particularly, so the shirts, the solid shirts that the Amish wear, I was surprised. The Amish don't make all their clothes. The shirts were from Indonesia. Very distinctive Amish style, but clearly from Indonesia. Some of the sweaters were from China. And, but there was a section of the clothes that Steve designed that were made in the U.S. by the Amish. So I start trying them on. It's like, that's what I do. I like clothes. I tried them on. Some of them I didn't try. They're, they have Mutza suits, M-U-T-Z-A, traditionally worn by the Amish at church, funerals, and other occasions. They have no collars. I prefer collars, but not everything. The number of work jackets, which I found the sleeves too wide. But there's one jacket that really impressed me. It looked like a modern fit, a modern cut. It was something looked very similar to the jacket, the athletic jacket they wear when I cross-country ski. Next to this jacket, and all the clothes were black, it says PCC for Plain Community Clothing, soft shell jacket, 100% polyester, windproof, water repellent, slip-in pockets at inside pockets, sizes XS to XXXL, sold for $69, was new, and it said Plain Community Clothing's finest design ever. 
How do you, as an Amish designer of clothes, of plain clothing, distinguish yourself, separate yourself from other clothes by potentially other Amish designers? Even within the niche of Amish clothes, here's somebody that's offering their finest design ever, a modern fit, a modern cut of plain clothing. So I bought the jacket. As you turn off US-62 coming out of Millersburg, Ohio, onto Route 557 toward Charm, there's a farm with grain silos with signs on the side of them. And a lot of the grain silos in the area have signs on them, many of them for local businesses, and two of the signs I expected to see. One was for Charm Harness and Boots, and it featured red wing boots. The other was for Miller's Rustic Furniture, and it, it highlighted their Aspen and Log Furniture, and furniture made out of rustic hickory. But then there was a sign that I didn't expect. It was for Great Lake Hybrids. It's a generations ahead. Plant smart, yield more. It was for a genetically modified seed company. The Amish used GMO seeds. Kevin Kelly, in his book, What Technology Wants, Kevin Kelly is a renowned technologist. He spent a lot of time with the Amish. There's a lot of Amish friends. He writes, the Amish use disposable diapers, chemical fertilizers, pesticides, and their big boosters of genetically modified corn. In Europe, this corn is called frankenfood. And he asked the Amish elders, why? Why do you plant GMOs? And the reply is corn is susceptible to the corn borer, which nibbles away at the bottom of the stem and occasionally topples the stalk. Modern 500 horsepower harvesters don't notice this fall. They just suck up all the material and spit out the corn into a bin. The Amish harvest their corn semi-annually. It's cut by a chopper device and then pitched into a thresher. But if there are a lot of stocks that are broken, they have to pitch by hand. And that is a lot of very hard, sweaty work. So they plant BT corn. It's a GMO-type corn. This genetic mutant carries the genes of the corn borer's enemy, Bacillus thuringiensis, which produces a toxin deadly to the corn borer. Fewer stocks are broken, and the harvest can be aided with machines so the yields are up. One elder Amish man whose sons run his form said he was too old to be pitching corn by hand and that if his sons wanted his help with the harvest, then they better use this GMO corn. There were a number of contradictions I saw in touring Amish country. There were things I expected. Horse-drawn carriages. People on bicycles. So the Amish generally weren't riding 
in cars. Yet, at the same time they're using carriages, I saw a girl dressed in purple, traditional Amish dress. She was wearing a cap, K-A-P-P, which is the, the headwear that the Amish women, win, women wear. She had sunglasses on, and she was standing behind this power lawnmower with the biggest mowing deck I've seen in a, a hand-pulled mower. Typically, these big, large mowing decks are on tractor, but she was standing behind one mowing her lawn. Same time, though, I saw horse-drawn wagons, or, or uh, somebody that was a farmer was on a horse-drawn sort of threshing-type machine. So an Amish girl in Millersburg with her mom and sister, they were dressed in traditional Amish clothes, except the one girl had a graphic tee on with a skirt. And she was used, but she still had the cap on. She had a cell phone, a, a smartphone, and they were eating at the restaurant. They went outside and they took a picture of the restaurant. Yet you go a little bit outside Charm, Ohio, and you can't even get cell phone coverage. There were times we were lost because we could no longer get our map on our cell phone. If horse-drawn carriages primarily, yet Steve, the clothing designer at Plain Community Clothes, mentioned taking the train and traveling all over the country to, most recently, to visit Glacier National Park in Montana. Contradictions in terms of their use of technology. And as I realize, we have many of the same contradictions in our life. Simple living, going back to Earth, often requires use of some technology and not others. Now, Kelly mentions that the Amish, they're not a monolithic group. Their practices vary from parish to parish. What one group does in Ohio, another group in New York may not practice. But their adoption of technology is, is different compared to most of us. They, instead of saying, when something new comes out, a new iPhone X comes, came out. And, and many, not me, but many are going to rush out and buy the newest and greatest. But Kelly points out that the default within the Amish community is not to say yes to new technology, but not yet, to wait around, to see what its impact would be. And the reason why the Amish are so reluctant to adopt technology is because they don't want to, to adopt something that will disrupt the community. Kelly mentions when the car first came out that the Amish noticed that drivers would leave the community to go picnicking or sightseeing in other towns instead of visiting families of the sick on Sunday or patronizing local shops on Saturday. Therefore, the ban on unbridled mobility was intended to make it hard to travel far and to keep the energy focused in the local community. And that, that's one of the frames or filters the Amish use in deciding what technology to adopt. What will the impact be on the community? 
Before we explore more on how the Amish adopt technology, let me share some words from this week's sponsors. We have a brand new sponsor to our show. It's Yahoo Finance. Yahoo's been around for decades. My first email outside of work was a Yahoo email address. But the financial side, I've used on occasion primarily to get data for dividend histories for particular funds or ETFs. But I was pleasantly surprised to get back on Yahoo Finance to see how it's evolved over the years. Now it's really a financial dashboard where you can get an understanding of what's going on with the markets. There are relevant articles from Bloomberg, Reuters, the Associated Press, and the Yahoo Finance team. You can look at the economic events calendar and see which data series are being released that day and what the consensus is. You can see the pulse of the markets at any time by going to Yahoo Finance. In addition, you could see all of your investments in retirement accounts in one place. With Yahoo Finance, you get a consolidated view of multiple accounts. Yahoo Finance serves as a financial hub for your retirement accounts, but also comprehensive financial news and analysis. You need to check out Yahoo Finance, particularly if you haven't been there in a while. Check it out at yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, you know they shut down several months ago. Well, let me tell you about the budgeting solution, the financial tracking solution I've been using for the past number of months. It's Monarch Money. Monarch Money is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets like I've done. You can set goals, collaborate with your partner. And now you can get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. What I like about Monarch is the ability to customize what I want to see. I have custom budget categories, and then I can go on to the dashboard and see where I'm above trend on some of my spending. I especially like that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash David for your extended 30-day free trial. The Amish struggle with technology adoption just like many of us. They, one Amish man said, we don't want to stop progress. We just want to slow it down. And there was an article in the New York Times. It was called, In Amish Country, the Future is Calling. They interviewed Marilyn. She's 18. And she says, we can't live like we did 50 years ago because so much has changed. You can't expect us to stay the same way. We love our way of life, but a bit of change is good. One of the the phrases that they use, the Amish uses, to hold the line. But the line keeps moving. And we all sort of have to, to deal with that. One of the ways that do, they do that, or the ways that they do that, and Kelly describes it in his book, is they're selective. They Their default is not yet. So they're very selective at which technology they use. In my case, for example, Apple has a new electronic watch, the, the Apple Watch. I think they learned the other day they have version three now. I don't have one. 
I have a mechanical watch. I've had it for close to a decade, and I'm fine with that choice. I just don't want, it's just another technology that I don't want. So you have to be selective, like the Amish. They evaluate new things by experience. The way that they do that is if, if there's a new technology and a member of the community wants to adopt it, he'll go to the leader, the bishop, and say, I want to try it out. And they'll let them. They'll let them try it out or let her try it out, I, I presume. And then the community watches and the parish watches and they see what's the impact? What's the impact on the community? What's the impact on the user? So it isn't theoretical. They actually experiment, small experiments to see what the impact of technology is. We can do that also. We can try things out. And if we don't like the impact it's having, too much social media, well, then you delete the account. Their criteria for deciding which choices to make. So they have a criteria. In their case, does it enhance family and community? And that's their focus. It's a communal focus. What's the impact? Some technologies might have a detrimental impact on your family. You don't want to use it. Perhaps television. Many years we didn't have a television growing up, partly because it broke and we couldn't afford a new one. But you can adopt out of technology, which is one of the most fascinating things that, that Kelly pointed out. In order to, to sort of not use certain technology. And it gets back to the contradiction the Amish face. They're, they're not using some technology. They're riding around in carriages in horse-drawn or horse-drawn buggies. Yet the metal is made at a foundry outside of the community. Many of the technology, the clothes that Susan at Plain Community Clothing makes, made out of polyester, it's a synthetic polyester. And so they're not saying we're never, or not using technology. They recognize there's an outside community that is making these things possible. Kelly tried to find communities around the world, Amish-like, that have adopted out of technology and didn't find any, only in North America. And the reason was because the, the poor, the rural in China, being Amish there wouldn't be that much different than being like everyone else. It's because they can separate themselves out because they can, they actually have a technology they can adopt out of that allows them to make that choice. And we can make those same choices. We, we benefit from technology. And because of those benefits, we can select which technology we want to use. It reminds me a lot of the episode 152. This was the episode with Christopher Knight. He lived in the Maine woods for decades, but he didn't do it alone. He, he benefited from technology because he stole from cabins and benefited from the modern food system. The Amish are the same way. They're benefiting from that. We're all like that. We benefit from that. That allows us to be very, very selective. We have, we have to recognize that. There's a fascinating tradition among the Amish, and it's called 
rumspringa. And, and essentially it means to run around. And the youth, when they turn 16, they can put away some of their Amish things. They meet up with other youth. They have youth meetings. And, and some try the things of the world. Not, not everyone, but it allows them, before they make a lifelong commitment to the Amish community, to, to try different things. And, and some try alcohol or they try things like that. They try technology. Perhaps the girl I saw in Millersburg with the graphic tee using the smartphone was trying things out before she makes that long-term commitment to the Amish life. Some, some leave. Most don't. But they make the choice. They make the selection. And they certainly make the selection. Most Amish use a combination of old technology and new technology. And, and we can make those same choices and, and, and sort of distinguish. But we have to have the filter. So their filter is the impact on the community and the impact on individuals. But they're always experimenting. One of the things they tried was credit cards. And they found that the, as, as the Amish, those that try to use credit cards, they took on more debt and it caused stress for families in the community. So they, they generally don't use credit cards and they don't take on debt because of the impact on the community. That, that's a great way to make decisions because we're not alone. We have to make our decisions about our life, about the technology we use, with the impact it has, not just on us, but those close to us, our family, our friends, and our community. So that's this week's episode, a little shorter episode today. I'm actually on vacation, currently in Montauk, New York, recording this outside. So you might have heard planes, birds, cars. So that's what that background noise is. Get show notes at moneyfortherestofus.com. While you're there, consider signing up for my free insider's guide. This is a weekly email. It includes the links to that week's article I discussed in the podcast, but it also has a, a separate essay, articles, sometimes on the topic, but whatever I find most interesting, some of the best writing I do each week. And I don't publish that on my website. That just goes to those that are on my email list. So you can sign up for that at moneyfortherestofus.com. Or if you're a U.S.-based listener, just text the word INSIDER to the number 44222. Everything I've shared with you in this episode has been for general education. I'm not considered your risk profile. This isn't investment advice. Just general education on money, investing in the economy. Hope you have a great week. <laughs>